Hello, my name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Welcome to Zen Parenting Radio. Welcome. Um, we're talking about uh, this speech, this commencement speech guy. Yeah, this guy in Boston, an English teacher in Boston, did a commencement speech about uh, telling the children that they weren't special. I thought all kids were special. Well, they are in my eyes, but ah. I kind of understand what he's trying to say. And you um, um, prohibited yourself from telling me what your thoughts were so I can hear them for the first time here on ZenParentingRadio.com. Yes, and let me say that I did not watch the whole thing. So there, are, I basically just read through it. Yeah, you, you read know, a summary points, of whoever, yeah, blah, blah, The blah. points that he made, um, it's kind of gone viral, and we'll put it on our page so people can look at it. But what he's basically saying is the whole idea of telling everybody that they're special and that everybody gets a trophy and that everybody wins, that it's just gone overboard and then it's taken over the idea of actual achievement. And here's the thing. I agree with him. Not necessarily about the trophies per se. I mean, I could care less because my definition of special is a very, very different thing. I think in our society, people view special as being better than everybody else. Correct. If you're special, you compete and you win and you constantly beat everybody. Competition. That's not what my definition of special is. What is your definition? My of definition special? of special is is that everybody comes into the world this unique being, the way they look, um, the way they sound, um, and the gifts that they bring. So by that definition alone, they are special mm-hmm. because you know it's so fun. Like when I'm doing an exercise class, like it, I was at the Daily Method this morning, and we're all looking in a mirror. And every single woman there looks completely different. Their hair is different. Their size is different. Body type's different. And I find it very beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, like I love it. I think it's kind of cool that right. we all are like we came into the world under different circumstances, but we all look so different. And that that's kind of a neat thing. And it's the same thing with our gifts and talents. Some of us come in with, you know, special math skills or English skills or writing skills or communication skills, but we don't all. Some come in as singers, dancers, with or an easier we can all learn these things, but some people come in with it they, they can do it easier. Mm-hmm. Like I was just saying in a woman's group the other night, some of us come into the world knowing how to play the piano just innately. Right. And some of us have to take lessons. Right. And both ways we can do it and enjoy it, but some people just got it. They right. got a gift. And that is special. But it doesn't mean they have to be better than everybody else. I, what I'm tired of in this society is the competition and the idea that the only way that you are meaningful is if your child is doing what you think that they should do right. and doing the best with um, under what you think is important. Right. That's where things get challenged. Like your thought process on what makes someone special, you put that on your child, and then if they don't rise to meet that expectation, they're somehow not special. So what you're saying is we should redefine, well, not we should, you kind of have your own definition of special yes. versus what we as a society think special is. And, and what your definition, what you think society defines special as is competing one over the other and there is no room for there's only one person who's in first place because the whole idea of competition is someone is best at something and even though i understand you know in sports and everything someone can rise to that challenge but it doesn't they they're not going to be there forever mm-hmm. Every, there's always going to be someone who can do it different or better or there's going to be some you know there's very few exceptions of people who can stay and my point is is if we're all trying to achieve that and be better than everybody yeah, this is going to be a pretty messed up you're, society. You're setting yourself up for failure. For failure. And and what special is, again, let's take it down to what I believe special is, is you came into this world very special with gifts, the way you look, the way you act. 
um, you know, the, um, the desires you have. And if you can hone that and hold on to it and know what that is and be yourself, you're going to have a happy life. Right. And I don't care if that means you're, you know, great at math or great at soccer. It doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't care if you're the worst at those things, as long as you feel good about what you came here to do. I think the concern of a lot of people is, and I had a conversation with my friend about this yesterday, okay. is his worry was that when these kids get into the real world, right. that if they're always coddled and think that everything they do is great, then once they get in the real world, they're going to ha- get slapped in the face with this reality of it's a tough, cruel, challenging world out there. And we're not helping our kids if we make them always feel so special. But again, it's about what special means. I understand what he's saying, but if in your home your children understand the definition of special, just like I'll give you an example to kind of parallel this, the definition of beauty. Mm -hmm. People talk about beauty, and they talk about if you are indeed beautiful or not. My definition of beauty is very different than everybody else's. Mine is more like how you feeling on the inside, what your, you know, how you laugh is beautiful, how you talk to people is beautiful, kindness is is beautiful, not that you look this way with long legs and that you're tall and thin with long hair. And that's, I mean, yes, in society, that is one way that we can talk about beauty. But who's to say that that is what is beauty for everybody? Right. Do you know what I mean? I really like to focus on with my girls. That's one definition of beauty of what our society deems mm-hmm. beautiful on the outside. But there's also this other definition of beauty about what you do on the inside and how you experience life and how you talk to people. And if they know that there are many different definitions, many different definitions of beauty, they can claim the word beauty for themselves. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. It Instead does. of saying, you know, so many kids say I'm not beautiful or I'm, you know, I'm not as beautiful as this person. It's like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Because of course you are. It's the same thing with being special. If you have a different definition of it, then of course you can be special, but still lose. Mm-hmm. At something. Right. You can be special and lose at the same time. Exactly. Well, the thing that I challenged my friend about this when I was getting into this discussion with him was, you know, he was kind of creating this picture of a cruel world that right. has winners and losers and all that. And I said, well, you know, not everybody has a perfect job, but I, somehow I've attracted a job in my life that I like, that I enjoy, that I'm good at, that my boss thinks I'm good at. And it's not this win or lose thing. You Mm -mm. just do the best that you can and hopefully at the end of the week you get a paycheck. I said you are kind of working for yourself. You're your own boss. So he, whereas he is in this um, situation, situation. it's in this dog eat dog world. And my thing is, are there, have there been moments of, you know, losing and, and not doing a good job and and feeling repercussions from that, yes, and I learned from each one of those. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think that it's, you kind of have the ability to create your own reality. Well, and I also think that as parents, we feel like we have to set up these obstacles for our children to teach them. Believe me, parents, it's unnecessary. Every day they go out to the playground and have things they have to deal with with other kids. Every day they're in a classroom without you there being Mm -hmm. challenged by a teacher. Every day they are like, you know, trying out for a sporting event, maybe not making it regardless of what your input is. They are experiencing the difficulties in the world and they're learning about who they are without us creating scenarios to make their life difficult. Well, and it's it's not one or the other and hopefully we'll talk about balance in a little bit, but I had another conversation with a different friend of mine last week and he talked about the whole trophy thing, mm-hmm. which hopefully I'll get into a little bit more because I have a, my own little perspective on that. But like, you know, and you know, he was talking about his son-in-law lets his grandson win all the board games. Mm. And I said, "Well, listen, I play chess with JC and if I 
played her to my ability, I would beat her every time. So what am I teaching her by beating the pants off of her in chess? Mm -hmm. Of course there's going to be games where I ease up on her. But there's also games where I don't and I win. So it's not Mm -hmm. one or the other. Mm -hmm. And as far as the trophy thing goes, trophies are not going to make your kids soft. <laughs> no, they're not. What's going to make yourself what's going to make your kids soft is you have by far the biggest influence on your kid and mm-hmm. what type of uh, person you raise him or her to be. Mm-hmm. So these people who always say, "Oh, the, you know, when I was little, I never got a trophy unless I won something and I turned out all right." Well, I'm here to say that first of all, are you sure that you turned out all right? <laughs> not every I mean, is there room to evolve a little bit like like and we always talk about that try to bring up kids a little bit better than you were brought up and that is the evolution of consciousness and spirituality and all this other stuff Well, it's the evolution of evolution i mean it's that sounds funny but that's what we're supposed to be doing you actually just posted something on our page about you know break out of your past so you can create your own future for yourself and your children Mm -hmm. quit trying to do things exactly the same way i actually um had, went to a conference yesterday, Celebrate Your Life was here in town, and it's a lot of speakers and authors, and they do these beautiful presentations. And I saw the guys who wrote uh, The Four Agreements and The Five Agreements. Um, Don Miguel Ruiz. Don Miguel Ruiz and Jose Miguel right. Ruiz. And they're beautiful men. They're awesome. And, and Jose was talking about how his dad said to him, you, if you, actually his grandfather said to him, if I catch you living your life the exact same way I did, I will be angry with you because then you will not be continuing our culture because right. our culture is not about doing things the same way. It's about being ourselves and then continuing that process of being who we are. They, they come from a, their belief system comes from what's called Toltec. Mm-hmm. And that is that, that definition of Toltec is the artist. Okay. So you are the artist of your own life. So if you decide to do everything the same way your parents did or everything the same way that your brother or sister did or or your grandma did, then you are not living your life. Mm -hmm. You are not being the artist of your life. And you can really tune that into parenting because you take and you honor what your parents taught you and and what you got from it. But you have to evolve. You have to say, does this work for me? Does, Does this sound right to me? And in the society that I live in today, does this work? And I think the whole idea of giving a trophy and having one child be best all the time, mm-hmm. it, what is, why is that good versus I'm not necessarily, I don't really care about trophies right. if you're kind of getting my gist. I don't think a trophy is going to make anyone hard or soft, you know? So your position isn't, hey, all these kids need to have trophies or, hey, all I don't the, care. the only kid. And, you know, and I, I understand your point of view and I don't think I have a big... Uh, position on it either but I've always said that if I'm going to make a mistake it's going to be on the side of nurturing and love and goodness and instead of you must learn this lesson and this is a dog eat dog world and all that so I I don't subscribe to the parents or grandparents are saying you know all these kids getting all these trophies they're going to get the lessons if you parent the way you should parent and I think it's all perspective on how you view the world so many of even very close friends of mine say things like this world is so difficult this world is so tough this world is so scary and I got to prepare my kids for this world I don't agree with that I see the things that happen I see that there are challenges in the world, but that is challenges. Those people are challenged by their own thinking. They're violent because they don't know who they are. They hurt people because they don't respect that we're all one. They 
disconnect from other people and, and are either racist or prejudiced or do all those things because they don't understand who they are and how we're all connected. So someone's got to make a shift there mm-hmm. so people start to understand. Can I learned a very long time ago when I was just starting out as a therapist that I couldn't change you know, people, right. I can off, I can change Mm -hmm. and then people, and I can teach and people can decide or not whether they want to learn from it. But I'm not very invested in saying, look at all these people I changed Mm -hmm. because that's not my job. My job is to do my own internal work and to either inspire or allow other people to see it and kind of do it their own way. You know, I, that I learned that a long time ago that sometimes we think, oh, I'm the one who's making all these differences in people's world. No, they're the ones making that final choice. But what we can do is we can choose to look at the world instead of through fear lens, through a love lens and say, I want to make the world a better place for my children. Therefore, I'm going to teach them to love rather than to have to be the best you know, climb over the top of everybody else, push everybody else out of the way, claim superiority and compete all the time because then we're just perpetuating the same thing that we've been dealing with. I actually, oh, go ahead. Well, I'm and the whole, as far as competition goes, I mean, of course, when your kids get to a certain age and they start competing and there's playoffs and championships, um, there are lessons galore in losing and of that's course. such a wonderful thing too. So, you know, there's, I just think that there's a balance between the two. Um, well, here's, here's what's kind of fun. I think competing's great. Yeah. Now, this is, everyone's going to go, what are you talking about, Kathy? You just said, I just don't think it is who we are. Right. I love basketball games on TV. I love to watch baseball. I love to see my, my daughter's soccer meet. I think competition's fine. Mm-hmm. But when you think the competition somehow makes you who you are, right. you know, it's okay to have the fun with winning and experiencing loss. Mm-hmm. I'm not against competition. I'm against people thinking that's who they are. Right. If you lose that, then you suck. Right. If you win that, you're better than everyone else. Neither of those things are true. Right. Can you learn to compete in a way where you understand you're in the joy of it, the fun of it, the human part of it because right. we're human right? right we're human beings we're spiritual beings having a human experience right so we're human and we're enjoying that because that's part of who we are but then we can detach from it and not make it i mean there's still men and women who are still living in you know living through their high school football games and yeah. they're like our age well and at the risk of opening up a can of worms i mean we've all seen the soccer games or the t-ball games where these parents get irate at about, their children. Or or at the umpire right. or at the other team, and they're living their life through their kids. Mm-hmm. And my advice to those parents is to get your own life. <laughs> yes. It's and not, relax. It's not that important. No. Why is it that important? Somebody no. needs to explain that to me. And I understand because we've been victims of that too. You know, like you kind of get into a soccer game sure. and your, your juices get flowing and sure. all that. But you need to make a separation behind Hey, this is a children's soccer game. Right. I did that with my, with my White Sox. Um, 2005, I started getting really upset when they would lose a game. And mm-hmm. I would be grumpy around you and around my daughter. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Right. I need to take a step back. So I... I de-invested. De- I don't think that's a word. And when you took a step back, they won the World Series. They won the World Series that year. So, <laughs> so there's our there's our tip for so, sports. So I used to like watch all their games and all that, and now I keep track of them and I watch games, but I am not as emotionally invested in the outcome of whether or not this team wins or loses. And then when you're at the game, can you enjoy it more? Yes, that's the question because I think I, I, I kind of I mean I love it when they win. The last game we went to, they won, and it's so fun. But when they lose, I'm like, oh, that kind of stinks. And then you get out of the parking lot, and it's done. Yeah. You've detached from and it's over. If you carry it around, especially as a fan, mm-hmm. you can't do anything about it. Right. 
I mean, if you're playing, you may want to figure out new ways to do things or sharpen your skills because that's your job. But, you know, if you're a fan, you can't do anything. Well, and I feel like this comes into, and we might be getting all sappy or whatever, but, you know, this is where a mission statement is useful. Yeah. Like, you need to figure out what's most important to you. And if, if what's most important to you is to being lovingly around your family and you end up getting upset at a t-ball game or something like el- something else... Or your professional team that yeah, you're invested there, in. There's there's a disconnect there. Right. And you need to come back to what that mission statement is. Right. So I recommend everybody go get a mission statement. Oh, that, I do too. And we should talk about that sometime. Sometime. Um, I want to um, talk about how I've had some conversations with friends and how they think we're very soft, easy parents and allow, allow, allow. And we let kids kind of walk all over us. And we're going to... You know, the kids that we are going to raise are going to be soft and not be ready for the real world. You want to talk about that now or after we do our... After we do our spiel. Okay. So can I, so something cool this morning, speaking okay. of um, one of our sponsors, Dr. Kelly, one of our partners, um, we were on eMoms this morning, which is an Elmhurst Moms... Um, what would website. you call it? Facebook it's website. Facebook website thing where people ask questions to, you know... Anyway, a woman came on and said, who has a recommendation for a chiropractor? And... Three or four people mm-hmm. said Dr. Kelly. And one of them was Todd. So right. you got to take ownership of that. But th- there was all these other people who said you got to go see Dr. Kelly. So you know we love her and that we um, – and she has great massage services and great chiropractic services. But there's obviously other people out there who um, believe as well. So yeah. uh, chirotree.com. And Check tell, them out. And tell her that uh, Zen Parenting Radio sent you. And Zen Parenting Radio loves you. Loves you. you. Um, so, and then Avid. Got a big they got thing a special. going on. They got a Father's Day <laughs> special coming up. So, moms, if you've been bugging your husband to get something done, painting a room, whatever, painting the garage, redoing the floor in the bathroom. Putting up some shelves, crown molding, whatever. Do him a favor and call Avid Company because they will be all over it. They will be professional, quick, economical, every all the above. 630-956-1800. Avid Company. They're based out of Lombard. I give them my full 100% endorsement. And I just want to say that, you know, I've said it for a few weeks of my mom and, and dad and my sister are using Avid now in their house. And all they're talking about is just what a nice guy Jeremy is. He's the president of the company and just how great he is and how knowledgeable he is and they're just really they just really trust him and it was they know they got the recommendation from us but now they're experiencing it themselves but at the risk of not endorsing jeremy as much as i can your parents kind of love everybody i know but (laughs) (laughs) But that's true they love everybody nice they They, don't love mean people they love well they just appreciate people who are authentic yeah you know when my parents are with someone like they're movers yeah they were like they love them, and because they they when they find someone who's true blue, they will sing their praises, yes. which I like to do as well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then what about the call to action idea we had? Well, Todd and I were on WGN this weekend, and and actually most of the summer on Saturday, I will be on WGN um, radio. It's if for uh, the listeners that um, are not in the Chicago area, it's probably our biggest radio station here in Chicago, seven twenty a.m. And um, we get to do this great parenting segment with Bill Mahler, who is on Saturday morning. Um, I think it's like 9 to noon or something Yeah, he's like right that. after uh, Lou Manfredini. Yeah, but we're on at 1020. And so this week, Todd and I were on together, which Todd comes on with me every so often. Once but a year. Once a year, maybe more. Maybe more. And, but I'll be on a lot in July and a lot in August, too. And we were just thinking, if you guys listen, because we put the podcasts up, mm-hmm. um, and you feel like 
you know, writing to WGN, writing to the management and saying you enjoy hearing us there. We would love to have something more. I mean, I'm, I feel pretty regular on there. I've been on over a year or so. But, um, you know, maybe a little Zen parenting action so on we'll WGN. So we'll put it in our newsletter and we'll yeah. put it on Facebook. Yeah. And, yeah, because there's so many, we have so many wonderful listeners that support yeah. us. And I think that there's at least some of them that want to help us out even more, but right. they don't know how to do that. And so if we'll put up something on our Facebook page and you can click on it. And all you have to say is we appreciated, I, we appreciate hearing Kathy and Todd on, and that on WGN. The, and that they're the best and that they should <laughs> make us a regular um, host. Well, that's the thing. I don't even know what to ask for. I just want WGN to know that people are listening and that, par- let me say it this way. There's not a lot of parenting stuff on this radio station. There's a lot of, you know, entertainment stuff. There's obviously the Cubs are on WGN. There's a lot of sports. There's a lot of news, mm-hmm. you know, hard news. But there are so many parents. The demographic that's listening to WGN is there's this huge parenting contingency, especially now that Brandmeier's on in the morning. They've got our age group who are listening now. Mm-hmm. And so they would I think it'd be worthwhile to have more parenting on there. So that's kind of what I'm thinking is not only just a twenty minute segment, but really more, you know, if we do a parenting show on the weekend. I don't know. Who like knows? I don't even know what I'm asking We're for. We're just trying to stir the pot. So we'll put yeah. the link so you can say, Hey, Todd and Kathy are great. Are cool. Have them on more often. Right. Or actually, Kathy. Don't say me. Well, you can say you too, or that you, you know. Okay. Say me. Say me if you feel like it. All right. So, once again, another discussion, a friend of mine, and he was exaggerating a little bit, but he's like, you know, real world. And I hear about how you guys always have to love your kids and support them and do all this other stuff. Love your kids. And um, I think a lot of listeners out there think that we are not strict, Mm -hmm. that we let our kids do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And I just want to kind of clear the air. We are very boundary setting. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of consequences for decisions that these girls make. Mm -hmm. Or things they say that are Or things they say. Mm -hmm. So we do all that stuff. So to my friend, get off my back. Well, and I think the thing that your friend and other people are missing is it's not just about for the kids. It's for me. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like carrying around anger and frustration all the time. I don't feel like being mad at my kids. I feel like liking my kids. Mm -hmm. So my choice is to look at them through a lens of that they're doing the best they can. And when they make a choice that it harms either themselves, their sister, us, whatever, I call them out on it and saying, you're not being who you are because I see you very clearly. I mean, I may not say all this in the moment, but here's my thinking. I see my children very clearly. They came into the world very beautiful and pure and awesome. And they came in with their gifts and who they are is who they are. And And that's what we're really trying to nurture is. And I trust that in them. Yeah. And so when they're doing something mean or inappropriate, I don't think that's who they are. Which they do. They do. Of course they do. They're children. Sometimes they say something not very nice to me or to another child or sometimes they make a choice to like I don't know you know what do they do they take the they take the low road instead of the high road. yeah that's a simple way to say it without getting into specifics they are kids they didn't come into the world civilized that is our job to Mm -hmm. help them with societal norms and to help them get along in the society in a safe way and in not just about like you know a lot of parents talk about things like manners and being socially acceptable I don't even view it that way with my kids Things like, 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 let's say, for example, eating. When my girls are eating like slobs, which they do sometimes, instead of focusing on that's not good manners, what will other people think? Because that's outside validation. 
I focus on your body cannot tolerate you stuffing all that food in your mouth. Your stomach will could begin hurting mm-hmm. if you don't chew your food. And you it's difficult to enjoy your food if you're stuffing your food in their mouth. I make it about how it could make their life better. It's the process. It's the process. And so instead of you've got to have everyone on the outside validate you mm-hmm. and you have to go into the world and have everyone like you and accept you, you need to love yourself. The other thing that Jose said yesterday, the four agreements guy, the five agreements guy, he said... My job in this life is to love Jose. Mm -hmm. The love of my life is Jose. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. The love of my life is me. And that is so foreign to a lot of people. I know. But you can't give what you don't have. If I am not the love of my life, and I don't mean that in a narcissistic, I put myself above everyone. Mm -hmm. I view everyone as special and I hope they're the loves of their own lives. If I do that, if I take care of myself in whatever way that looks, I'm full of it. Mm -hmm. Love, I mean. Not full of crap, full of love. And I have that to give away. Mm -hmm. When I walk in the house in a good mood, feeling good, guess who gets a hug when they run up to me? If I walk in the house angry at the world, guess who gets pushed away from me? So you have to look at this as you've got, and it goes back to self-care, our very first show we ever did, you've got to be the love of your life. And that's the way, and if you are, then you view people through a lens of love. You view the world through a lens of love. And I actually just saw this quote, this Martin Luther King quote, right before we started the show, so I'd like to read it. Sure. Are you ready? Yeah. We have before us the glorious opportunity to inject a new dimension of love into the veins of our civilization. We, our opportunity right now as parents is instead of to keep doing the dog-eat-dog world stuff and to prepare our kids to be hurt and to set up our kids to be the best or to be failures, we have an opportunity to give them a different perspective on the world, to love themselves, to love other people, and to give back to our society. And we can't keep waiting for someone else to do it. We need to do it. And that's the whole be the change. Mm. That's the Gandhi thing. Be the change that you're looking for. Because if everyone embodies that and takes that on, a shift is occurring. Well, and what I'll say is from a practical standpoint, because that's the direction I choose to go in a lot with what we talk about on the show is, right. you know, my friend is like, well, when they get in the real world and they get in a new job they don't like and all this other stuff, you're, they're going to have problems with it. And my response to him was, listen, if we can encourage our children to love what they do, and so few of us do that right mm-hmm. now. And I have found ways to love what I do as a sales representative. Mm-hmm. Are there parts of my job I don't like? Of course not. But for of the course. most, of course, yeah. of course. But for the most part, I do love what I do. Mm-hmm. And then if I love what I do, odds are I'm going to be pretty good at it. Yes. And if I'm pretty good at this job, odds are abundance will come exactly. with it. But if I go out chasing money for a job, uh, if uh, chasing job for money then it's working backwards. You're going backwards. And abundance comes, but it may not come. It may come in trillions of dollars, or it may come in the form of contentment, Mm -hmm. having a house that you, you know, a house you enjoy living in, clothes on your back. That's abundance too. It's not about having more than everybody else. It's having enough. And if more abundance comes in, maybe then you can give some away. Mm -hmm. Now, and that gets a little political, but, you know, we don't need... All the th- you know, we we feel like we're constantly needing more and more and more. And I think it's great to have things and stuff. And I mean, if if there are things that really fill you up and make you feel good, you know, that's that's great. But you know, there's there's having ten pairs of shoes, and then there's having three hundred pairs of shoes. Right. Where's the end of that? Right. And if we can start to see that, have ten great pairs of shoes and love them, and and maybe spend a lot of money on them, but then have a limit where you say, okay, now I've reached 
my limit. Right. And and again, where I'm just using shoes as an example for anything. Like, how many houses do we need? How mm-hmm. many? And it's not to shame you or guilt you. It's to have you question it. What am I doing? Am I hating my job, making money, and buying stuff, but I'm never with my family? Mm-hmm. Is that the life you want? Well, I've heard stories of people relocating to a different state because they found a job that has more money. And they leave their family thinking that their family is going to show up, whatever, in six months or when the summer, blah, blah, blah. And um, they're just, uh, even though they're perfectly content with where they are, right. they will go somewhere else right. because it's X amount of dollars. And, and sometimes it's not even that much more right. when you break it out. Like right. we, we've had some friends, you know, do that where they leave and they're making maybe 50000 more, which is a lot of money, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But when you really break it down, mm-hmm. moving and doing all that and being away from your friends and family, is that really what you want to do? Yeah. But our society is so invested in how much money you make that we forget about how content are you. Right. Where do you really want to be? You and I have gone through this a million times with we've had opportunities where because we both kind of you can work from home and I can work from home. We could really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And we've had fun conversations about where do we want to be? And you know where we want to be? Right here. Right here. Mm-hmm. This is my, I grew up in this area. I'm a Chicago person. I'm a DeKalb person. I'm an Elmhurst person. And my parents are here and my sister is here and your family's here. And you know, this, and my friends are here and that's what makes me happy because everything else can come and go, but mm-hmm. it's my relationships right. that I really feel connected to. Well, and when we thought about maybe moving away, we decided that when we decided to stay here we can come up with adventures in different ways Yes, we can still leave and do things that are fun and maybe go on long trips or be gone for weeks or travel but we will always have our groundedness here like we'll always have our feet on the ground here this is this is home not because we have a house here but because this is where we feel most at home tournament of bad let's hear it um it's actually your uh, submission you don't like the word yup I don't like the word yup. What's your problem with yup? <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it written. Do you know that I write yup a lot in emails? I know you told me that, and I didn't mean to slam you when I said so that. So if you want to upset Kathy and she asks you a question in email, <laughs> just respond yup, and you'll be making her And you angry. know what else I want to know? How do you spell yay? Is it Y-E-A-H or Y-A-Y? No, Y-E-A-H is yeah. Okay. Yay is Y-A-Y. Because I want I like to write yay, but it never looks right. So it's Y-A-Y. I'm just making I'm just guessing, but yes, I think that's what it is. Okay. Okay, so yay everybody, Y-A-Y. Yup. <laughs> yup. Y U P. Yup, we'll see you. Call to action. Just say yup. Oh yikes. Um all right, this is Todd Adams. See you next week. This is Kathy Adams. Have a good week.